My family used to love Universal. We were all annual pass holders and would drive over to visit pretty much every chance we got. It was just after Christmas and the slow season was in full swing when my parents told my brother, sister, and I that we were going to go do a little Universal weekend. My siblings, Ricky and Julie, were ecstatic, mostly because of the new thing we discovered last time we were there. We played hide-and-go-seek inside the park, which if you haven't tried this, is actually really fun. It would be really difficult to do it if the park was busy. During the slow season, there are plenty of empty restaurants and ride queues that make the game totally doable. It's also pretty much impossible to do the entire park, so we usually section off a small area and set a limit to just hiding there. When we arrived, we did a couple things with my parents, and once they got tired, they decided to go back to the resort. We were staying on property, so we just told them that we'd be back at the hotel in a couple hours, after we did a few more rides. Normally, they'd be more worried about this, but since it was all three of us and we had our phones, they were okay with it. We decided to begin the hide-and-go-seek game in the New York area of the park, and the boundaries were you couldn't cross the bridge to the rest of Universal, and you couldn't go past the Monster Cafe to hide either. Also, once you found one person, they become it with you until you both find the last person. We did rock, paper, scissors for who was going to go first, and I lost, as usual. I've always been terrible at that game. After counting down for 60 seconds, I began my search. Looking through that creepy weird brick alleyway and that hidden gift shop back there, with all the horror posters in it, they had hidden really well this time around, because I wasn't able to find them whatsoever. Then luckily, I spotted Julie in the corner of my eye, down inside this little recessed entrance to one of those fake shops. I ran down and tagged her, which at that point forced her to come help search for Ricky. I asked if she had any clues as to where he went, and she pointed to the entrance to the Transformers ride. So I told her to wait at the exit, and then I would go through it and check for him. There were pretty much no people in that queue, and all I could hear as I walked were the talking Transformers echoing through the empty hallways. As I continued, I started to get a bit worried. I was almost all the way to the ride vehicles and still hadn't seen Ricky. I didn't think he would actually get on the ride because that way he couldn't really control when he got off. However, I eventually got to the ride vehicles and hadn't found him yet. I texted Julie and said I was getting on the ride and she replied with a thumbs up. Once I got through the entire ride and exited the gift shop, I started to kind of freak out. I saw Julie there and she gestured that she hadn't seen him. So we both decided to call and text him, but we got no response. Julie started to panic because she was sure he had not come out of the ride since we started playing. So she said she was going to go get park security. I told her I would wait around the ride just in case he somehow showed up. Once Julie left, I figured I would step into the queue again and see if I could find any hiding place at all that I might have overlooked. I started walking through the queue, only this time it was weird. I didn't hear the Optimus Prime voice in the background. Then I froze in place as the lights throughout the queue began to flicker. Suddenly they went out, which was something I had never experienced in my life at any ride at any theme park. Cautiously I kept walking and saw two park managers whispering loudly to each other in the next room. Behind one of them there was a hatch on the wall, which was slightly open and steam was pouring out into the queue. He wasn't alone, one of the employees whispered as he turned and began walking towards the ride vehicle dispatch. The other one then slammed the hatch and walked quickly after him. However, it was still slightly open. 
I tiptoed over to the hatch and pulled it open, looking inside. There was a long hallway with these weird pods hooked up in rows. I stepped into the area, and as I got closer, I started to realize that inside these pods were people. They were connected to tubes and cables with what looked like some kind of VR goggles over their eyes. There were rows and rows of these, but I noticed that one of them at the very end was still slightly open. I quickly walked over and found Ricky with goggles on and tubes already connected to him, as well as some sort of IV running to his arm. I quickly ripped the tubes out and pulled the goggles off, shaking him around as he finally came to totally confused and in a daze, which was when I heard some sort of machinery clanking towards us from down the row of pods. I covered Ricky's mouth as he was about to ask what was going on and pulled him down to hide behind one of the pods. A long, gangly robot on all fours hung upside down from the ceiling as it wobbled towards our row of pods. My phone started buzzing. I pulled it out and saw Julie was trying to call. The machine suddenly turned and started heading towards where we were hiding behind Ricky's pod. We moved back to the next row as quietly as we could. Then once the robot got to his pod, it extended this long elephant trunk-like device and examined the empty pod. Red lights began to flash as the machine made a loud shrieking sound and began quickly clawing back down the row of pods, seemingly looking for us. I grabbed Ricky and we bolted out the grate in the wall that we'd come through, running as fast as we could through the queue. The lights had come back on, so we were easily able to find our way out. As soon as we exited, we saw Julie and Park Security and told them everything that had happened. Ricky was pretty much still in shock, but his story was that he was essentially walking through the queue, alone, when all of a sudden, he just doesn't remember anything anymore. Maybe think that maybe they wait for unsuspecting people to go through by themselves. And that's when they decide to take them. The security guards searched the building, claiming they found nothing, and wrote up a report which I don't even know what it said. Obviously, after that happened, we decided to cut the trip short and head home. I've never seen anything come out about what happened, even though I know my mom kept following up with Universal multiple times. Suffice it to say, we didn't really ever go back to the park again. And since we had no proof except our story, no one was ever really punished. It's been a few years now, and for the most part, my siblings and I have forgot about the whole ordeal. We just kind of went on with our lives. Lately, though, I've noticed something off about Ricky. He was about 11 when this happened to him, and he's seemingly not aged the slightest bit since. He also doesn't get sick and overall just has this somewhat zombie-esque way about him. I wish I could find out what happened in there and what they were doing to him. Over the years, I've considered many possibilities from a rogue experimental AI to a government conspiracy. I guess I'll never be totally sure. All I do know is that my brother wasn't the only person behind those pods in that area in the queue, and I just wonder, are all those people still there? I suppose only time will tell. Hey, it's Mr. Freaky. Hope you enjoyed that original creepypasta. Go ahead and put the strangest ride that you've ever been on in the comments, and let's discuss. Also, please like this video and subscribe to my channel if you haven't done so, as well as join the Discord to get involved in the community. 
Have a horrific evening, everyone. And remember to stay spooky, my friends.